Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Steelers Outpost Podcast, a proud member of the Armchair All-Americans Network. It's March 3rd, 2019. This is episode 81. This is Tom from the Washington, D.C. Outpost, and Nick joins me from the Houston Outpost. We have a special treat for you today. Today? Tonight. I call it today. We have an exclusive (laughs) recording of a phone call between Kevin Colbert and Antonio Brown. And I have to warn you ahead of time, we only got the Kevin Colbert soundtrack. We didn't get the actual soundtrack from AB, but I think you'll be able to surmise from the context what is being said. So give me a second. I'm going to set it up, and we are going to roll. Hey, AB, it's Kevin. Oh, good, good. Good to hear, man. Uh, How are the kids? It's great. Just great. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, I saw the interview. The, the foyer was a great location. Louis the Fourteenth chairs must have set you back some. That's true. That's, that's true. Hey, um, hey, about about the interview. I just uh, I just wanted to make sure we're on the same page here. So the part where you said, uh, let me make sure I'm reading this right. If if they want to play, they're going to play by my rules. Did I get that right? No, no of course, of course. I know, you, you don't have to play. It's just that I thought that you wanted to play. Um, yeah, respect. It's not personal. It's just business. Uncle in a wheelchair. Don't need the, don't need the money, okay? Respect. All right. Hey, 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 A.B., I, I get it. But didn't you say that you also wanted to restructure your contract? Hmm. No, of course, of course. I'd say that more money means more respect. So then what we're looking to get here is a win-win. We get the other teams to recognize your value. Then the Stillers get the value we need in a trade. Win-win, right? What? Addition is a problem searching for an answer. You want to be doing out algebra. Okay. Okay. Okay, so we can just leave it at you'll lay low on social media for, let's say, give it a week, and then we'll try to get a deal done. Okay? Yeah. Absolutely. R- respect. Mm-hmm. L- love you too. Talk to you later, A.B. Hey, you're not going to get that on any other podcast, and we can't reveal our source, 
But wasn't that insightful? I mean, it's like we were there in the interview. Man, I can't believe we got the audio for that, but it really clears a lot of stuff up. Apparently, this is about respect. It's about respect. Um, I actually subjected myself to the 45-minute exclusive sit-down with ESPN's Jeff Darlington, uh, who obviously was in a softball league before he became a journalist, but um, it was kind of interesting and a little circuitous. Did you Did you watch it? You know what? I actually couldn't bear to watch it. I just saw some of the main clips from Twitter, but we don't want to have to give you the guy, you guys the same show every week, the Antonio Brown show. But, hey, that's what it is. This is pretty much the biggest uh, player movement in the history of the Steelers, and it's the biggest news in the NFL right now outside of the scouting combine, which we're going to get into a little bit after this. So we do have to talk about it, unfortunately. But, man, I, I expressed to you guys uh, – an admission of, of guilt and embarrassment for how angry the situation makes me. And I was waiting all week for this LeBron, LeBron and that self-righteous, hilarious, slanted, biased show that he puts on. I was waiting for that to come out and this Darlington interview to come out for AB. And I knew that it was going to make waves. And essentially I didn't want to go all the way through it. Cause we knew what was going to happen here. He's spinning this to his advantage. He's using uh, the feud with Ben Roethlisberger. He's using Roethlisberger as a scapegoat a little bit to kind of make um, himself look like more of a sympathetic character because a lot of people do not like Ben Roethlisberger in the media anyways, and they do jump at the chance to to jump on the guy. Even when he does something wrong, they want to make it uh, a little bit simpler to say like, well, who could work with Ben Roethlisberger? Look at this poor guy, Antonio Brown. He doesn't have anything that he could possibly want. But I knew when these interviews came out some things were going to change, and consensus is among Steelers Nation, at least in the reporting world, that A.B. is working his hardest to make sure the Steelers don't get a first-round pick or a second-round pick or anything of significant value for him because when he said that he doesn't have to play next year, same thing that Le'Veon Bell said when he was negotiating for his new contract, uh, that uh, definitely takes away a lot of leverage because the team who wants to trade for him knows that not only do they have to restructure and give him a brand new contract, but he is guaranteed to be the pain in your butt that maybe some coaches and front offices were cocky enough to think that they could handle better than Pittsburgh handled. So it's pretty much tanking this whole process and trashing hey, so, everybody um, in the process. I had no intention of going out of this interview, but it's just, there's just too much packed in here and I'm just going to ex- Tracked a couple of things that really struck me. Sure, I mean, course. he is definitely a guy I'd like to hang out with. He just seems like he's smiling. He's a stud. He would be fun to hang out with. And this this interview was kind of enjoyable at the end of it. And there's there's so much to so much packed in it. So he is big on people coming over to his house. He's really he's upset really people haven't come yeah. over to his house. Did you see his house? <laughs> there's it's a whole TMZ thing on his house. They go into his lo- They go into his closet with all his shoes. Um, the, there's no joke about the Louis XIV chairs. This place is opulent. This would be a cool place to hang out. There's just kids but running around playing football inside. Kids running around. Skittles machines. So he made a big deal about uh, Ben. I mean, there, his um, Ben is his man. He's my guy. He did complain. Don't call me out if I'm your guy. The standard is the standard. He said uh, the problem is that he hasn't been at. Uh, he's been at Ben's house one time and. Ben's been at his house one time and they don't work out in the off season. And I think we need to point out a fundamental truth about Ben Roethlisberger. There <laughs> the is no working season. out in the off season. Off season. There's no working out on the in season. 
so here's the thing out. it says it's not a winning culture well Steelers I mean we haven't gotten a Super Bowl in in, in uh, the last few years but it is a winning culture and he talks about being on the same page and if you looked at the statistics about the the quarterback wide receiver duos and where Ben and AB rank yeah I mean they're almost a historical <laughs> high duo what could have been they could uh, have been number I still don't one. think he's going I still think he's submarining, but here, look, <laughs> I, I, I won't, <laughs> but I, I'm not going to uh, spend too much time on this, but this was priceless. And I have highlighted, highlighted this quote, when you see a kid, they teach you it. When you're a kid, they teach you addition. Addition hmm. is a problem searching for an answer. When you get older, they teach you algebra. Algebra is an answer searching for the problem. My uniqueness is the answer. I feel like this is Bill Murray in Caddyshack talking about the Dalai Lama. That's perfect. Lama, <laughs> big hitter, flowing robes, striking. Majestic even. So a couple things here. I'm just going to keep reiterating how sad this Antonio Brown thing makes me, besides the fact that it really tremendously hurts the Steelers as a team, in the at least in the immediate future. Um I've gone over ad nauseum how uh, I'm trying to let you guys know that fixing the culture is definitely a very important thing to do in Pittsburgh, but fixing the culture isn't going to help you as much as losing a superstar of this magnitude is going to hurt you. I, I love Antonio Brown's personality and all the quirks and the craziness and the lavish lifestyle. What a character. I mean, if we watch sports, it's to be entertained. And if this guy is anything, he's entertaining. But it's so interesting because he's also broadly known as the hardest worker in the NFL. So he has this workmanlike um, quality to him that sort of legitimizes the entertaining thing. It's not like he just goofs around. He works harder than everyone, so he gets to play harder. And I just – it's such so cool to have a guy that personality on the team. So, uh, but regarding what he said about Ben only coming over to his house once, not working out in the off season, that does seem a little nitpicky, but I will give him some credit for that. You know, you can, we've always said about Ben, Ben is just born talented. Some guys can just wake up in the morning and just get it done. You know, uh, who's the guy? Herschel Walker never worked out. He just did push-ups or whatever. Some dudes can just show up. Warren Sapp didn't. Randy Moss didn't stretch before games. Some of these guys can just show up and ball out. And Ben is he one just of those wake guys. Up in the morning. He just wakes up in the morning and dusts off the cheese doodle dust That's and then right. goes about his day. I wake up in the morning and I piss excellence. What do you do? But he gets out there and he just slings it. He has God-given talent, which is funny when you talk about Ben because he looks like Will Ferrell and the and the body doesn't look athletic. But the man can throw the ball better than almost any human being in the history of the planet. He can move around at, at, at a great – it's funny that we had Jerome Bettis and then Ben Roethlisberger on the same team, two guys who are very large for their positions but incredibly nimble, not just for their size but for any size. So we've always said that about Ben. And like I've said many times, Ben is like – he's my favorite athlete ever. And really it's Ben and A.B. is kind of 1A as, as far as that goes. But we have to tell you the truth about Ben when he doesn't do things well. Otherwise, our opinion holds no water when he, he does do things well, when people just defend him for the sake of it. Granted, everyone just wants to trash him right now, but I digress. So Ben works off a of natural talent. The guy – is very well known that he doesn't work, put in extra work. 
and the off seasons during the season, everyone makes all this crap about him not wearing a helmet at practice and this and that. And, you know, I don't really care about all that, but coaches even talk about it's crazy playing against the Steelers because you see Ben Roethlisberger throw three, four passes and warm up with his hat on, walk around, give everybody high fives. And then he goes in there and he slings it against you. And you and I tend to think that's why sometimes he can throw six touchdown passes two weeks in a row and then go, go play the bum New York Jets and just put a, put a clunker out on the field. So what I'll say is AB maybe being a little bit nitpicky, but this is one thing that he does sort of have a point at where I, I can see where he's coming from when like, he is trying to win a Super Bowl, and AB and to think Ben's not is crazy. But you know, AB puts in more work than anybody else, and he hears about Tom Brady and these other quarterbacks who are putting in extra work, and Ben doesn't put in that extra work. So that's kind of the first time where I can see, like, okay, you do kind of have a point there where you'd like to see your Hall of Fame quarterback who's already so incredible. Imagine what he could do if he put in the extra work with you. I <clears throat> I'm not sure if he points at Ben, but maybe in general. He's looking at everybody and how much work they put in and what Tomlin demands of the other players. And, you're, you know, I, I think yeah. these guys all probably work. They probably all they're not in the NFL because they don't have an insane workout uh, mentality. They do. But A.B. is just um, at a different level. And he's probably like Kobe Bryant. And he's like yes. upset when people aren't putting in the extra. I'll say this, though. If I had to guess, man, I would say Ben would be the one. I He probably works the least hard. Just based on what you can piece together from interviews and and things that he said before. Remember last year when we talked about this in the offseason, they were asking him, what is his workout routine? And he said, like, oh, I've been stepping up this offseason. I'm eating more vegetables. Like, I, you know, I hit like the elliptical in the morning, been working out, play some golf. It's like, Ben, that's not that's like that's like a 60 year old housewife workout. It's a limited shelf life. <laughs> With all you got to protect talent. that shelf life. Well, imagine if he did what. AB did and and you can't hold him to that standard because you're right I consider AB Kobe um Tom Brady Serena Williams and Michael Phelps and, and there's probably a couple other people on that list that I don't know but those are kind of the famous people that I put in LeBron put in that list of they just go so far with their with their training so sure AB can't really in good faith hold Ben to that standard but you could see him being frustrated about this guy who's unbelievable and Ben Roethlisberger just imagine if he would put in a little bit of extra effort that's kind of one of the first points that I can give to him um for for making some sense there rather than lying about you know the dynamic of what happened the last week of the season like when he was telling LeBron and all those guys are just there to pat each other on the back on that LeBron James show he talks about how Tomlin sent him home and he 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 pitched it like I told the coach I was bruised up which we all know is a blatant freaking lie that is a lie. He never had any problem. Sure. Okay. You're bruised up. 100% of the players on the team are bruised up at that point. Okay. You went for what? 15 catches and 200 something yards the week prior against the saints. Sure. You could have gotten hurt on that turf and everything like that, but Tomlin didn't send him home to chill on his couch. He sent him to go get an MRI, which he never got. And then when Tomlin and the rest of the team tried to contact AB over and over again, he didn't contact them until eventually he had his agent call them. And then he showed up 
30 minutes before the game started and Tomlin t- told him he couldn't play. That's not at all the, the story he told on the bronze show, but you know, here we are. So I get why he could have frustration with the other players, particularly with Ben, the most important and best player that he plays with not putting in that work. But this was just a, a really good job by Antonio's AB's camp in another media spin, trying to make him look like more of a sympathetic figure when you, which is another reason why I love AB so much is when you, go to Liberty city and you see where this guy came from. It's absolutely unbelievable. It's the best story you could ever tell. If somebody wrote this in a movie script, they probably wouldn't buy it. It's so out there that he managed to succeed and that makes him lovable. But then he kind of (laughs) ended up screwing it up for himself with uh, I don't have to play if I don't want to kind of stuff. So fast forwarding in the interview and Darlington asks him, it's, is it too, it's too late. It says it doesn't feel that bad. And Antonio said, Oh man, it's, it's a little outdated. Things aren't getting better. The 52 kids remark, blah, blah, blah. And Darlington asked him, what if the Steelers don't trade you? And AB said, why wouldn't they trade me? They owe me $2.5 million on March 15th. I'm going to send them an invoice. I think the Steelers want to just focus on football and they don't want the distraction from any football player. Well, you don't know that, man. I, I think the Steelers are ready to eat that, if I'm completely honest with you. And if I were them, I completely would. I just – what's $2.5 at the end of this whole thing? I mean that, that could be the difference between a whole round on the pick you're going to get because people know that you're trying to get rid of them quickly before that bonus goes out. If you really want to show people that you'll keep this guy, which is what Kevin Colbert's trying to put out there, he's trying to say, we'll keep him. We'll keep him. So if you guys don't give us something good for him, we'll keep him. Because if they yeah. know you're going to give him away, then they don't have to give you top top dollar, top value for the guy. So eat the $2.5 million. I think the Steelers are ready to do that. And then you've kind of proven to the teams like, oh, maybe they will keep him. Maybe we do have to persuade them to let us have this guy who's going to wreak havoc on our front office. Did you happen to see the Larry Fitzgerald clip from ESPN? Yeah, he makes a great point, man. Larry Fitzgerald, I love AB. Mr. Big Chest is a good friend of mine, but I don't think he's going about it the right way personally. To be able to play with an all-time quarterback like he's able to play with, I don't think he understands how good he has it. It can get tough out there. If anybody in the history of the NFL understands this, it's Larry Fitzgerald, top 10 wide receiver of all time who's just played with absolute garbage quarterback after garbage quarterback. I can't think of another receiver who's ever gone through it like he has at that level. So he makes a great point that we all know about, but I do think that this comes back to what we've been talking about for a year, which is AB's mental state is a little bit out there right now. And I think he's cracked under some of this crazy fame a year ago around this time. He gave that crazy interview to the, uh, local press in Pittsburgh talking about thinking about where he stands in football. If he still wants to play football, what his life means, uh, you know, outside of that, thinking that he's being suppressed by these organizations, whether it's the NFL or the Steelers, and he's not being able to express himself and this and that. And so he's just, uh, yeah, he's kind of out there. But of course, Larry Fitzgerald is right. I do think that there are plenty of teams where AB is going to ball out on you, you. Just mark him down for a thousand yards right away. But there are a couple where he could really see that if you think that the Steeler, if you think that there's, there's a team out there where all the players are working really hard or whatever, besides the New England Patriots, who are the exception to the rule as the greatest, you know, being the greatest team of all time you're going to be in for a rude awakening because the Steelers are the second most winningest team, most winning team over the past four years, besides the new England Patriots. 
So you might find a place that's in their two or three year window with the Saints or the Rams or the Chiefs who are in a good place, but it's not going to be what you think it is out there. And uh, you may just you may have bigger issues with working for the NFL in general. Sure. And AB made a big deal about the camaraderie and wanting to work with guys and do something special. So if this is about doing something special, I can't see a successful team having enough cap room or situation that is going to take him. Uh, we have heard from Colbert and in, in various rumors about what some of the possibilities and who has expressed an interest. That is not the San Francisco 49ers. Most recently, we've heard Oakland, uh, which has three first round draft picks, by the way, which seems kind of prime for AB. Right. The other ones, Arizona, first, first pick in round two doesn't seem like enough. I, I can't believe the Steelers would consider that adequate compensation. I think that would somebody threw out New Orleans. I've also seen uh, people talk about the Redskins, but a recent article said the, the Redskins have so many holes in the dike. They they have to spend a lot of money to shore off the offensive line and other other places. I don't think they're going to have enough cap room. Do they for think them. that? Because I thought they had a great offensive line. Did, I mean, you're in DC. I mean, I mean, newspaper. Uh, I'm sorry. I, 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 they have a lot of holes in their dike. They have a lot of places they have to shore up. Well, they the might not be offensive the line. One. But they're kind of they're one that could do it. It's Dan Snyder, of course. Who who would do it more than him? And Washington's interesting. Not to get too far into them, but Washington actually has a very good team, and people don't realize it because I do believe actually their offensive line is very good, and their defensive line is dominant. And they have this. And Darius Geis is going to be coming back at running back for them. The guy that we covered a lot last year coming out of LSU. This guy could be a top running back in the NFL, and if they could just get. You know, a Nick Foles or a Teddy Bridgewater playing quarterback for them. You get A.B. out there, re-signed Jamison Crowder, got Jordan Reed. They could be a surprising team to win the NFC East, uh, in my opinion, that nobody's talking about. And A.B. is perfect, splashy Dan Snyder signing. He couldn't resist that. But uh, they would need a lot of things to go right for the Redskins for all that stuff to happen. And uh, that's not really what they do. So I'm kind of with you. But after this interview, you know, the the first round talks are kind of going out the window with the guy saying that he'll retire and definitely saying that he has to renegotiate the contract. I do think that him talking about the group of guys trying to find a group of guys and that's a bunch of crap. I think he's just trying to get himself out, out of Pittsburgh. He just posted a an Instagram post appreciating Marquise Pouncey and and uh, everything like that. I, I just think that he's sort of cracking. He's a hugely prideful guy. He's overreacting to a dumb comment by Ben about the slant, and he wants a bigger guarantee. And he's using these other things as scapegoats and sleight of hand to try and make people think that uh, that's the deal. But there will be more on this. Um, I I don't think they're going to trade him before that two point five million is owed on three fifteen. I hope that they don't. I would just eat it and then try and get a little bit more for him unless somebody really does come out and Oakland gives you a first and just be done with it. I would take uh, Arizona's second round pick for sure. I mean, it's the 33rd pick in the draft. So at that point, it might be the best you can get. But even that sounds unlikely right now. Ben Roethlisberger's agent, Ryan Tolner, has uh, met with the Steelers during the combine and they are hard at work on a contract extension. It looks like uh, so Ben turns. 37 on Saturday. Dang. He has a year remaining on the contract. Yeah. He turned 37 yesterday. Oh, it's yesterday. I'm reading an old. Yeah. I'm reading this from Thursday. Huh? You didn't (laughs) do anything? We couldn't go to the parade. There's not one in Washington. There's one in Houston now. I tell you that much. I was in it. 
Ben has one year on a contract that'll pay him $12 million base. And uh, his cap number is 23 million. The, um, doesn't sound that high, but as they point out, Ben was paid $35 million in his first year and $53 million over the first two seasons of the contract. I mean, Ben is the guy that they balance the books on. When they need to restructure, Ben is the guy they uh, they look to because that's where the money is. And he's just had this stuff extended, which is why he has such uh, a high number on uh, dead cap space. Anyway, right. I think that's a positive. Let's get this done and behind us. Yeah, let's so get it done and behind we us. Are, one I more was day left. Say real quick, sorry to, to interrupt you twice in one sentence, but um, it will be good to get the Ben contract behind us because then we get to start seeing what the Steelers are going to do and can they salvage this Super Bowl window or not. I think that there's actually a lot of possibilities that the Steelers can make to stay in contention for the next couple of years. And if I'm being totally honest, maybe this is sort of suicidal. Uh, we're talking to a listenership that. You know, once they hear good things about the Steelers, well, we got to shoot it to you straight. The Steelers could screw this up and then ruin the window, and it could be a while before that they, they get back into position. But regardless, the first thing that needs to happen is Ben needs to get re-signed. And like we said, we need to see where the Steelers are at with the offensive line, how many of these guys are going to get retained. I loved the Tyson Alou re-signing, solidifying some of the depth on that defensive line. Which one of the Steelers' role position players are, are, are going to stay on the team? Which which ones are not? And then who are they going to make a big splash for in free agency? Are they going to trade up in the draft? Are they going to get difference makers? If they're able to do a lot of those things, then we're going to be in a good uh, situation going into next season. I do expect the Steelers to be very active. And, of course, AB, where he goes, is a huge deal. But starts with Ben, and we'll get a little bit of an idea on that apparently pretty soon, according to Kevin Colbert. Tomorrow is the end of the underwear Olympics. And I'm really interested because I think the DBs go tomorrow on field, on field action. You have been, you've been tracking this and you have a few notes um, with regard to some Steeler needs. Trade up for DK Metcalf, Metcalf, the Apollo, Xerxes, Hercules, this guy. (laughs) Okay. So if you guys haven't heard, we're not, we're not getting this guy. DK Metcalf receiver for Ole Miss. He's basically seven feet tall. He is made every uh, just portion of his. He basically has 74 abs on his body. He has abs on his triceps. They're on his glutes. They're everywhere. This man has 1.9% body fat, which many people online are clamoring uh, to the message boards. If by message boards, I mean Twitter to say that's not physically possible. And in response to that, I'm I'm seeing some articles written about it's physically possible. Here's how this medical marvel has occurred for DK Metcalf. But he's a wide receiver out of Ole Miss, ran a uh, 4-3-3 in the 40, basically had one of the greatest combine performances in history, 27 benches or uh, reps on the bench. Uh, He's just a monster. It's a Calvin Johnson type guy. Um, and it was just cool to see that, you know, a, a historic combine performance. Obviously, he's going to be too high for the Steelers, but he was crying, uh, calling his family after he ran the four three three, which is insane for a guy of his height and weight, uh, because he knew um, I'm I'm about to make some money. He even told a reporter who asked him shortly after that. After he ran that, he made the decision to go to Nashville for the draft because he'll be a top ten, top twelve type of guy at this point. 
and and it was just cool to see the guy show the emotion after he ran that and he knew what happened. And, and uh, Colleen Wolf from NFL Network did an interview with him, showed him a tweet from Patrick Mahomes complimenting him for the 40 time. And he got really excited when they showed the Patrick Mahomes tweet. So it was nice seeing a, a nice wide receiver. But I will say, I do think he was like the third or fourth leading receiver on his own college team at Ole Miss. So will the workout warrior success lead to NFL success, we're not really quite sure, but he has a great story. He was kind of the number one receiver in the nation or, or top three uh, before this year started, and he suffered a neck injury and missed the whole year, so people didn't know if he'd be ready for the draft. So this was just a huge triumph from a human story angle. So if you haven't seen him, go look at him on the internet. It's it's wonderful to behold. Well, I'd like to know, you've also looked at some, some DBs, and uh, are you a betting man? I am a betting man, and when I bet, I stay consistent. I say consistent betting with my bookie because my bookie offers betters in all major markets an entertaining lineup of gaming options or maybe even options to bet on who the Steelers are going to trade up for. Put DK Metcalf in a Steelers uniform. Give him number 84. Stick it to him. Let's make it happen, guys. But you can do it on my bookie. You can bet the over-under on that. You can even do it on your cell phone. they got a mobile, mobile site that is easy to use with a sleek design that offers for easy navigation remember who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with visit mybookie.ag online today and don't forget to use that promo code outpost 25 when creating your account to claim up to one thousand dollars in free play you play you win you get paid baby all right, let, let's do a little teaser. We'll do a more comprehensive show about the combine next week. But let's let's hear some of your notes about some of the the top tier players you've seen. So I'll give you just a a general overview about guys who are the top inside linebacker and wide receiver prospects uh, and cornerback prospects. Who, of course, we know that's the Steelers' greatest needs. There, uh, I said this before, and I'll reiterate this that. There are people who do draft analysis full time, and we are just starting to uh, hit it hard, just like we did last year. I do put a lot of time into watching this tape, but I also spend a lot of time, you know, working in my regular life and everything like that. So there are some great resources that you can use, like the Draft Network, especially if you look at John Ledyard, um, former host of this Locked On Steelers podcast. So they've got some great stuff. Um, sort of set me off on the right track for a couple things, but now I've gotten down to the brass tacks and started to watch the film of these guys myself. So the two big prospects we're looking at for the Steelers are two buddies from LSU. We got cornerback Greedy Williams. Greedy Williams, who has the best name for a cornerback since Quinton Jammer for the Chargers in the 2000s. I mean, come on. And Devin White, who was the inside linebacker at LSU, who earlier today ran a 4-4-2-40. That is very fast. That is Ryan Shazier fast, just about. And another one is actually Devin Bush, the inside linebacker from Michigan, who I think actually ran a 4-4-40. So Vince Williams actually tweeted. He was tweeting back and forth with one of our buddies at Pittsburgh Sports. Um, saying Vince was saying basically all the linebackers coming out of college now, the inside linebackers, are speed or rush cover guys, speed guys or rush guys. The place for the thumper in the NFL is going to disappear. And uh, Pittsburgh Sport, he said, uh, I think his name's Ron, right? I could be getting that wrong. I don't want to get that wrong. By the, um, but either way, he he made the argument that you know NFL is cyclical. 
it always comes back. Look at what the Patriots are doing now that everybody's spreading it out. The Patriots are going eye formation and bashing people in the face. And I actually tend to agree with him because I think Vince Williams is going to play a big role again in, in half of the Steelers season with the Baltimore Ravens, the Cleveland Browns, the Cincinnati Bengals are all run first teams. And then the new England Patriots. So either, either way, I just thought that was an interesting anecdote, but you're going to want to keep your eyes on Devin White and Greedy Williams, the, the the linebacker and the cornerback from LSU. They're probably going to be gone before number 20. So I don't think the Steelers are going to be able to get them unless they trade up. But Greedy Williams has incredible man-to-man coverage skills. He's a beast athlete. He just he has lapses in effort sometimes and uh, it doesn't really concern me too much because I think the Steelers need to finally take a guy who knows how to play cornerback instead of just an athlete who measures well, right? Especially if it's a first round prospect, that would be amazing to try and take a first round prospect in the first round for, I don't know, the first time since Ryan Chazier, Devin white, that amazing 40 time, the inside linebacker from LSU, that four, two, four, four, two, 40, that almost hurts the Steelers because I got to imagine he's going within the top 12 to 15, but we'll see where he goes. Uh, Byron Murphy is a little short cornerback from Washington. You'll have to keep your eyes on. He's very small. DeAndre Baker is the other cornerback from University of Georgia. He's very slow, very non-Steelers cornerback. And, and Byron Murphy, the corner from Washington, is a short guy. So those guys don't match what the Steelers like to do. We all know the Steelers like incredibly athletic guys with high spark scores, great combine numbers, and absolutely no ability to play football whatsoever. That's really more their type. Uh, if they're in high school or if they have never played before, that would be preferred. Um, if they're a six-round prospect, that would be even better if we could just draft them in the first round. You know, Because if you're going to draft them anyways, you might as well draft them at the beginning. right? But I do think the Steelers realize, just based on some uh, comments by Colbert and Rooney that they need to change some of this strategy because it hasn't been working for them. And they took Sanquez Golson, who obviously never played it down, but he was a tiny player who had great ball skills. I don't think his injuries were because of his size. I think it was just bad luck. So I, I don't, I wouldn't rule any of those guys out for the Steelers. And then the last guy you'll want to look at is Chauncey Gardner Johnson, who is just a defensive back from the University of Florida. He's played safety and corner. You can play some nickel. He's very versatile. He should be available by the time the Steelers pick. So he's kind of a kind of reminds me of the TJ Watt talk when it was sort of writing was on the wall that the Steelers were going to take TJ Watt since February of the year before he got drafted. So. In summation, Greedy Williams, cornerback LSU, Devin White, inside linebacker LSU. You got Byron Murphy, the short cornerback out of Washington. You got Devin Bush, fast linebacker out of Michigan. You got DeAndre Baker, slower cornerback out of Georgia. And you got Chauncey Garner-Johnson, who's a versatile but slightly raw defender out of Florida. We're going to get you some draft profiles for each of these guys, and we'll probably move on doing just positional groups, get you like five guys for each group, and we'll, we'll go from there. Hey, I hope everybody listening at home is enjoying the new bumper music you've uh, incorporated. Oh, the clarinet in the background? I, I didn't realize it was picking it up that bad. <laughs> we were a house full of learning musicians. You know, my girlfriend's uh, getting her doctorate in classical piano, so good thing about her uh, keyboard at home is those headphones that plug into it. My roommate is an incredible clarinetist about to finish up her graduate degree there are no headphones for clarinet so that's what you guys are hearing right now so i would feel privileged if i were you usually it costs a little bit more to hear that but 
Hey, for all your entrepreneurs out there, there's a gap in the market. No headphones for a clarinet. Should there be one? No. Love to get your feedback. Check us out on Instagram at Steelers Outpost. Hit us up on Twitter at Steelers Outpost. Leave us a note on the website, SteelersOutpost.com, or shoot us an email at SteelersOutpost at gmail.com. Until next week, thanks for listening. Go Steelers. Okay, bye-bye. Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast.